1: Good morning, everyone, and thanks for, for tuning in with us here today on Conscious Talk, radio that makes a difference. As always, we have a, an excellent show lined up for you today. You want to stay tuned because the information you're going to hear can change your life, and I really mean that.
2: Well, as you know, um, we've been talking about uh, the effects of radiation, cell phone radiation, all kinds of EMFs. Uh, And, of course, if you've heard our shows with the Focus Life Force Energy folks, you know um, how important that is. Uh, We've just read a recent study that cell phone radiation is linked to breast cancer. You know, there's so many of these things um, going on out there. Uh, We're going to be concentrating on this show uh, on some natural health having to do with your sinuses and your oral cavity. but, uh, and we'll get into that shortly. Um, but, you know, we're learning so many things. And, of course, we've had a lot of natural mitigation uh, approaches that you don't hear about often. So uh, if you want to check things out about <coughs> cell phone radiation, you can go to the Environmental Working Group uh, and see what they have to say about it. They have a lot of great information there.
1: They are. They're one of our basic uh, people that supply us with really yeah. grassroots, really digging in deep Yeah, and that's
2: ewg.org, uh-huh. so make sure you keep up with them.
1: You know, last month was heart health, folks, uh, month, but we always focus on heart health. And uh, Kyolik, one of our sponsors, has some excellent products, the garlic products for heart health and uh you know you can get them uh the supplements they're available at marlene's market and deli and they're available at vitaminlife.com and this is a you know kyolic garlic product yeah it's
2: aged garlic and you know Mm -hmm. we've talked about all of those studies and um they're actually coming out with some new things shortly Mm -hmm. that you're Mm -hmm. going to be hearing about but um we always like to support our local vendors, so vitaminlife.com or Vitamin Life in Redmond, and of course Marlene's market. So hang on, we'll be right back.
0: Welcome to Conscious Talk. Radio that makes a difference. Well coming up this hour on conscious talk? Compared to the COVID-19 crisis, the ecological disaster on the horizon is much worse we're in this escalating eco-crisis already. So why isn't our society reacting? Well, we'll have a chat with Nathaniel Popkin, activist, essayist, and author of To Reach the Spring for his ideas on what's coming. And now I we welcome your hosts for the day, Brenda Michaels and Rob Spears.
1: And thank you, Benny, and welcome folks to another hour That listener is you.
2: Well, our special guest today is Nathaniel Popkin. Uh, He's the author of seven books, including the one that we wanted to uh, talk to him about today.
1: And that is, Uh, until you get your throat clear, dear, that is To Reach the Spring. And this is an an incredible book. from the complicity to consciousness in the age of an eco crisis.
2: Well, Nathaniel's a co-editor of the anthology Who Will Speak for America, and he co-founded the web magazine Hidden City Daily, and helped pilot the Valley of the Possible, a research program and residency in Southern Chile. Um, I love this. This was in a pretty much an essay style um and uh, was a really provocative book and we're going to get into it about um you know we'll be talking about to reach the spring and just so you can find out more about nathaniel you can go to nathaniel popkin p-o-p-k-i-n dot net nathaniel welcome to conscious talk
3: uh, so great to be here rob and brenda great to uh, talk to you today
1: well, I'm going to you let's start with this. Our current disaster, COVID, has exposed our, I think that's, inability to respond on many levels, not the least of which was our lack of ability to see it coming. What's this say about us?
3: <laughs> well, I think it tells us. <laughs> I mean, it, it would be easy to say that human beings are by nature kind of short-sighted and... You know, we kind of do live in a real, I mean, we are animals and we live day by day to survive. Um, we think in short terms and our individualistic society has kind of set us up to think in short term even more. That's the way corporations think, short term profits over longer term investments and a and thing like that. On the other hand, I think we're looking at a, um, a crisis that hit during the very worst moment of leadership in this country, mm-hmm. and so we got a lot of things wrong in the United States, not just in the United States, many other places as well, mm-hmm. though American leadership is really important on a in a global situation like this. So it's hard to separate out and generalize what we as human beings or as Americans exactly got wrong when the political leadership was actually nefarious. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, I would say, we have failed in many ways. So we failed to have political leadership. We failed to collaborate as much as we needed to. We failed to listen to the scientists as much as possibly we should have. And I think that tells us a lot about what's to come in the climate emergency and the eco crisis. Mm-hmm. I mean, this yeah. is a dry run.
2: Yeah. And yeah. yeah. That's one this of the things that ready. we've been. Yeah. that's yeah. One of the things that we've been talking about for some time that. You know, we, the way that we look at the world, uh, from our personal experience is that everything is for us. And, um, that means that some of those difficult things, you know, down the line are extremely instructive. Mm -hmm. So, we're not always looking forward, but we're learning from the past.
1: So, Nathaniel, would we? Would you say one of the things that we have possibly been lacking is the courage to face what is and then take action in the face of that?
3: Well, I, I think so. I mean, the, the way that um, our society works, first of all, we've had a prolonged period in this country of not being able to solve real problems for people you know Mm -hmm. gun violence Mm -hmm. um, is you know a great example of an obvious problem children have been murdered in schools and yet as a society for more than 20 years we have not been able to solve this problem or really even come close Um, things like weird weather and forest fires and hurricanes have been intensifying for quite a long time mm-hmm. and yet we have been unable to really focus on the core cause of those of that problem and solve it. I mean, we could go down a long list of things that our society as in as in United States in in the United States have been incapable of through the political system that we have of of solving and, and there are lots of reasons for that. I think part of it is the, the allowance for corporate money and corporate and as equaling free speech. That's a yeah, right. different issue, of course. But I do think, you know, we we have a lot of trouble in a pluralistic society with many different kinds of people and many different like um, political needs to focus on a consensus and to come to consensus. And then if you, that's a difficult thing in general for a country of 330 million people, but then with 500,000 different governmental bodies, as we have actually, and then lay on top of that, a kind of toxic political environment of untruth and conspiracy. I do think we have a lot of trouble facing the difficulties racial injustice, systemic racism is an obvious one, but then all of these currents are playing against our ability to focus on it. And the biggest of all, because it's so big and so difficult to grasp, is the climate emergency and eco-crisis. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah, And and that's really the big one. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, what, one of the things that caught my attention uh, in your book was you're pointing out kind of the unique position that we and much of the world have put ourselves in 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 that the way we've organized we're both predator and victim so and and that shows up on so many levels
1: so can you talk about that a little bit
2: yeah
3: for sure i mean so i would say that um one of the things i'm trying to do with this book is to is to encourage, invite people to think along with me about how to talk about uh, the, you know, how to talk about this issue. We're paralyzed at a political level, we're paralyzed at a conversational level, at a communal level. And so I'm inviting people in to talk and think this through. And as we do that, we come to see the ways in which something we have to face is that we let's say there are two billion wealthy humans, wealthy relatively speaking, on the earth. That is middle-class people who are essentially consumers. And in that sense, we are really complicit in the creation of these this eco-crisis. It, it is implicit in, as a result of the capitalist system that we uh, live within and act within, uh, and particularly as consumers. And as we're doing that, we're sort of like sly devils here. We're adding to the problem, and that problem is then coming back on us in a very negative and dangerous way in which we have become and increasingly will be, the victims of our own crimes.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it
2: makes complete yeah, sense. yeah, it's it, it's quite a conundrum when. You depend on this particular system for your survival, and the system itself is poisoning us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, and- we, we've been talking about this. We've been natural health advocates for. Uh, most of our yeah, years. most of our lives yeah, essentially yep, yep. and um, and we've seen that because we see the argument with um, uh, you know, how you actually get higher yields with organic farming, et cetera. But uh, that whole agricultural system is not formed around that. I mean, once we started down the petrochemical fertilizer route, and farmers organized around it. It's very difficult to turn those things around.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and here, uh, to me, there, Nathaniel, the most basic, basic problem that I think we have as humans is that I think we inherently know what's right. I feel we know that. We may deny it. We may pretend we don't know We may turn away from it, but I think inherently we know what's right.
3: And Brenda, that's the core of uh, of my book. Um, I I know know. (laughs) that we are moral beings. Yes, I totally agree with you. We are moral beings, and we're we really are. We know what is right and wrong, and we respond to what we believe is right or wrong. And most of the time, we agree what that is.
1: Yes, Uh, but but when it comes to mega change which is what we are facing if we are going to save ourselves the planet i feel will survive she will do better without us we are like the cancer upon the planet but when it comes to mega change inherently knowing what's right is not enough and when we come back from this break i'd like you to comment on that you're listening to conscious talk we're here with Nathan- nathaniel popkin the book is to reach the spring and we'll be right back
0: what if you could be your own healer well you can unleash your natural healing abilities with the aim program of energetic balancing
4: Stay healthy. Live better.
0: (sighs) Breathe deep. Smile. And pay it forward. Conscious Talk Radio. For most of us, the New Year's resolution to lose those extra pounds turns to frustration when the weight bounces back no matter how many calories you cut or how many protein meals you eat. The shocking truth is it's not your fault. The amazing effect of BioPH is that it buffers and removes the acid in your body that causes you to gain weight. Make your weight loss program work with clinically proven PowerPH. For more information and to order, go to PowersofPH.com. That's PowersofPH.com.
1: Or call 360-385-1909. That's 360-385-1909 for all the information you need on the Avacyn medical device.
5: Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150.
2: Hey, welcome back. You are listening to Conscious Talk. And... As we say, it's radio that makes a difference, and we're making a difference today to talking uh, in talking about something that's really essential. Um, we're talking about a book by Nathaniel Popkin called To Reach the Spring. It's from complicity to consciousness in the age of eco-crisis. And, um, you know, if you've just joined us, hey, you're going to want to catch up uh, by going to ConsciousTalk.net. This will be in the archives, obviously. Uh, It will also be podcast on your various podcast services. So catch up that way. But um, Nathaniel, Brenda had um, asked a question at the end of the last uh, segment. segment. I
1: wanted you to comment on what I said about, uh, yes, we know what's right to do, but we are terrified of change, it seems like. And we're talking mega change on this planet in order to address what we've created and allowed for, and I wanted you to comment on that.
3: Absolutely, Brenda. And I have a, a lot of different ways of thinking about that, um, that observation. One is that, as I said, we are moral beings. And here's a really particularly strange and difficult thing about this issue of eco crisis that is, it's massive in time scale, it's a slow moving disaster across a mm-hmm. whole big giant balloon floating in the universe that we can't really grasp anyway you know, mm-hmm. in our consciousness very easily. And um, we know that as consumers, we're part of the problem here. Um, as, as drivers, as buyers of uh, endless amounts of plastic, whatever it is that we're doing, we're part of this system. And we know that, and we recognize it, and we want to change it. So the first thing is, is facing that um, and talking about it, but we're a little paralyzed to do so, but we're in a very strange moral position, that is, as individuals, because we know what's right and wrong, and we do want to do better, and yet what we're talking about is something that goes beyond the individual, and beyond the individual's choice and action. So it goes to society, it goes to political level, it goes to economic level, and that's where we have a whole lot of trouble Making change, and there's another way in which this is a, diff, a really difficult thing, and why what you predict is, is really true. Why it's so hard to face it and make such massive changes is that when people face crisis, that it's come, it's closing in on us. This, you know, the far, the fires aren't so far from where you guys are right. at this point, right? So, right, um, it's getting closer. And what do human beings do according to um, terror management theory, which is uh, a psychological uh, um, uh, mode of thinking uh, among researchers, it is that we sort of grasp onto what we know and w- and how we mm-hmm. are used to acting. And the simplest way we are used to acting is as consumers, which is the problem in and of itself. So it's mm-hmm. it's a, a cycle that's going to be very very hard. To face, and it's why a lot of psychologists and other theorists are thinking that if you try to scare people with the big picture, you talk about, "Wow, this whole thing is coming; it's going to destroy us," or you talk about, um, you, you put it in terms of massive crisis that can't really be comprehended. You kind of shut people down, and they go mm-hmm. back to 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 hooking onto what they know, which is just mm-hmm. being more consumers. So mm-hmm. we have to find new ways of breaking apart both the individual moral part of this, the political and economic part of it that's at a societal level, um, and this this thing that we do to resist change, especially during crisis. As you um, really pointed out a minute ago, Like we have to find ways of breaking that down. My hope with this book is that it's an entry point, a very small one, for mm-hmm. for conversing and thinking together about how to do that
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah yeah, I think it's so important we've seen these examples um, oh it, ar- around the world again, small entry points uh, in reacting to z- to disasters. It's almost like um, a, you know dealing with addiction um, w- at what point oh yeah do you bottom out, and mm-hmm. can you change before you bottom out? I mean, one of the things we found in in health, uh, people dealing with that is that they really don't take any action <laughs> until some disaster or any mm-hmm. major change in their life. And you would think, with what's going on um, and how fast these things are starting to come at us, that we would learn a little quicker. Um, One of the things that you pointed out in your book, I mean, you made a comparison to what happened during the Holocaust with Germans that certainly knew, you know, what they were doing is wrong, but were able to remove themselves and and thus slaughter, you know, a large percentage of a whole people. So would you like to talk about that a little bit?
3: Absolutely. You know, in this book, I'm looking for anything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. any way of trying to make sense of of what's happening sort of uh, ecologically, but also from the standpoint of those who are both um, complicit and also uh, the victims of this at the same time. So I'm certainly, uh, that drew me to look at the banality of evil and Hannah Arendt's theories around the Holocaust and the ways that ordinary German people were able to rationalize to themselves, and it wasn't very difficult for them to do so, what it is that they were doing. Um, and uh, and they ultimately certainly became murderer and victim both in their society to the point that it was destroyed and they had to basically build from from nothing altogether. So what I am doing in that is is trying to build a framework of thought around this issue, and that is, and in, in one way to do that is from a, um, a place of understanding why we go along, understanding, as you say, like normal people, they don't face things until they very much have to, or it's like pointed out to them. But as we saw uh, on Saturday, I guess it was just Saturday, you know, like you can speak the truth. Uh, as much as you, you want, but certain people will not be able to hear it or respond to it. Uh, they'll mm-hmm. refuse to. And then um, there, there's, you know, I'm not comparing to the the Senate Republicans to Nazis, but there is a way in which they refuse to hear the truth. Mm-hmm. And we thought this was maybe one step too far and they would finally have to, but they did not. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we think about this? Um, and the Holocaust is a really interesting as a, I guess a metaphor, because within the Holocaust you had a kind of uh, um, sense in which th- there was no agency, there was no way to control or stop it. There, the victims couldn't do anything about it. It all seemed, and I talk about uh, Primo Levi who experienced Auschwitz personally, I talked about, talk about his experience of that as, as being, you know, kind of beyond anything he personally could control. And yet there was also something going on there that helps us, I believe, in its nature itself. So here in, in his writings, he talks about it being the winter of 1944-45 in Auschwitz. It is as, you know, it's, it's like it has been in much of the country uh, this week, cold, gray, relentless winter. And inside of Auschwitz is um, is anti-life in all respects. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. as much a representation of industrialized, concrete, iron, of course, the b- burning of human beings. Mm-hmm. It is anti-life as possible. And yet, there is a moment in which, as he as time is edging towards March and he looks across the street, and he sees nature speak to him in its mm-hmm. earliest spring. And that, in, its, in the darkest moment, as almost any human can be, any human being can be, um, nature drew him out of himself mm-hmm. and gave him even the slightest amount of hope. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to learn from uh, genocide, And the way it works psychologically uh, and the way it works physically and the way it works politically, because in a sense, we are committing mass murder Mm -hmm. of millions and millions of flora and fauna across the globe. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are committing it ultimately on ourselves and how we face that, how we learn from that is going to determine how we go forward.
2: Yeah, and it's something so inherent in humans, um, you know, perhaps on the greater scale, the whole metaphor of human life and, you know, uh, returning for another life to learn more. But really in this lifetime in what you're talking about in this ecological disaster, as we are destroying it, we have this deep need To be in nature, (laughs) and and you know the ironic thing is, of course, uh, to get there because it gets further and further away from most people, uh, especially city kids. um, You know, you got to climb into your internal combustion engine. uh, You know, usually larger machine to get really far out into nature. So, you know, this is our problem. And, uh, you know, this is a lot of what is addressed in this wonderful book, To Reach the Spring by Nathaniel Popkin. We're going to continue our conversation with Nathaniel. Um, but if you want to find out about this book uh, and some of his other work, you can go to nathanielpopkin, P-O-P-K-I-N dot net. But we've got more. Uh, we've got them right here. So we'll be back after these messages.
5: Our bodies depend on a potent powerhouse of beneficial bacteria that support and improve every aspect of our health. Dr. O'Hara's formula encourages probiotics to function at their peak performance. Encapsulated in a vegetarian soft gel, Dr. O'Hara's probiotics is a live paste of 12 strains of probiotic bacteria and nourishing prebiotics from whole fruits and vegetables. Transformative postbiotic compounds created during Dr. O'Hara's probiotics exclusive three-year fermentation process are present in every capsule. These restorative postbiotics nurture diverse gut bacteria, leading to better digestion, improved immunity, and exceptional health. Join the millions of people worldwide who know the power of Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. Discover the Dr. O'Hara difference for yourself. Dr. O'Hara's probiotics are available at natural health retailers nationwide and online. Go to www.essentialformulas.com for a retailer near you. That's essentialformulas.com.
6: Today, more than ever, new technology is being created to help humankind. But few address subtle energy, which is the energy of life we refer to as consciousness. A new company, Focus Life Force Energy Innovations, has created this technology and made it affordable to all of us. What makes this technology different is it can focus subtle life force energy on a property and everything within it. It can also be attached to a mobile object, such as a cell phone, so the energy goes with you. The benefit of this energy includes better sleep, an enhanced feeling of well being, boosts natural healing ability, more joy, mitigation of electromagnetic energy, and much, much more.
0: Oh, and hey, don't forget to apply for a 15 day free trial with no strings attached. Go to ConsciousTalk.net and click on the Conscious Partners at the top of the homepage and drop down to Focused Life Force Energy. Experience the difference Focused Life Force
6: Energy gives you. Click your heels together three times. Now you know you're not in Kansas anymore. You're listening to Conscious Talk.
0: It's a new year and full of hope and enthusiasm for a new beginning. You're thinking about going back to the gym. Well, the problem is every year it's the same thing. Exercise gets harder because your muscles get tired faster than you remember. And then the next day, you're so sore you can hardly move. Well, that's what PowerPH with BioPH was designed to deal with. The active ingredient, BioPH, helps remove the acids your muscles form while exercising, giving you a better workout.
7: on supplements or call vitaminlife.com
5: to order at 866-998-8855. Miss a show on KKNW? Check out 1150kknw.com for podcasts of many of our programs. That's 1150kknw.com.
1: And welcome back. And thanks for joining us here today on Conscious Talk and for tuning in. And I really do mean tuning inward where... All of our problems are solved, all of the answers lie, and we only need to take the time to do, to go in, to be willing to be still, to sit with our higher self and ask the deeper questions that really need answering. And right now on this planet, one of those deeper, deeper questions is, how do we, as a society, globally really face what needs to be faced with global warming, and solve this problem. And today we're talking with Nathaniel Popkin. His book is To Reach the Spring. This is what his entire book is about. His website is nathanielpopkin.net. And Nathaniel, I want to just add this to the mix. We, at a soul level the answers are all there all the problems can be solved when we if you will get in touch at that deep level raise our frequency or our consciousness and the answers when we really contemplate are there for us here's here you know here's several problems number 1 we're more divided than ever on this planet number 2 A lot of people think that meditating and that type of thing is still woo-woo or not worth their time, or certainly they wouldn't know how to do it. What I'm getting at is we have the answer. It's solvable, but how can we pull it together in such a way that we can face it and be with it and explore it and be curious about it instead of in denial or fearful of it?
3: Brenda, that's a great question, and it really is also at the heart of this book. I mean, it is from complicity to consciousness. And so Mm -hmm. ultimately what I kind of bring or hope to bring the reader into discourse about is how as an individual, as individuals, because the societal part is really a tough one. Mm -hmm. The political part is really a tough one. How do we as individuals, but it's important and we address it, but how do we as individuals deal with this? Bear with being complicit in this, and face the change that we each have to make. And so, I invite people to go through some stages of kind of a process that is to grieve for. To, that starts with grief because mm-hmm. grief, grief is centering, yes. and grief is focusing, and grief is fixating on something lost. Yes. an ecosystem, a landscape, a cultural element, a tree, a, you know, w- whatever it is, we can sort of focus on, um, uh, uh, on something. And and that's why I start with that, because I don't think there's an obvious answer. This is a complicated thing to face as a society and a complicated thing to face as individuals, as it pulls on a, on our different kinds of instincts, be they the instinct toward nature or the instinct to subdue nature, be it the instinct toward freedom or the instinct to undermine our freedom, the instinct mm-hmm. to equality or, um, or equity and the instinct against it to push other people down or away. I think these are conflicting things in our hearts as human beings that are part of our genetic makeup. And they're really hard to wrestle with. And then when you Mix in the kind of the, the sense that like the world around you is changing in. Um, it, it's becoming unstable beneath your feet. The Fires are getting closer. It's, mm-hmm. it's really hard to bear. So we need to start with something. And that's why I recommend grief as a kind of first step, as a way to act. I don't know how to grieve. I don't know how you should grieve or what you particularly feel is being lost, but I started this book out by grieving essentially for an imaginary grandchild, and I the book mm-hmm. opens with a letter to an imaginary grandchild. It's kind of an apology, it's kind of a, I don't know what it is, but it's my way of of grieving for what I think I've done, and mm-hmm. and for the changes that are happening on this earth, that my unknown, future who knows grandchild will have to face Mm -hmm. and so i really do i agree with you brenda like we got to turn inside and face ourselves on this Mm -hmm. as much as we also have to turn outside and figure out a political system that can help us solve this problem
4: solve this problem
3: is you know ridiculously simplifying
2: yeah, yes. yeah. Well, and, you know, we've been talking about this kind of awareness for a long time, so we're going to run off to a break. Um, we're talking about To Reach the Spring. It's From Complicity to Consciousness in the Age of Eco Crisis. It's by Nathaniel Popkin, so stay with us. We have much more.
8: Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and it's that time of year again when everyone suffers from some kind of upper respiratory problem. We miss work and feel miserable spending too much time with doctors and pharmacists. That is, unless we protect ourselves and our families with a product that I recommend to my patients. Clear Saline Nasal Spray and Sinus Rinse. Clear combines the unique properties of xylitol and the health-promoting benefits of a saline nasal spray to help cleanse, moisturize, and soothe your sinuses and nasal passages. Clear helps wash away bacteria, pollens, and other irritants before they have a chance to attack the sensitive tissues in your upper respiratory tract. Clear is easy to use, effective, and safe for people of all ages. Clear is simply your best defense in an increasingly dirty and polluted world. I use it myself. You can find Clear Saline Nasal Spray and Sinus Wash at Vitamin Shop, CVS, Rite Aid, and other drugstore, supermarkets, and pharmacies near you, as well as Amazon. Or you can visit Clear on the web at clear.com. That's www.xlear.com. Conscious Talk. Food for the soul is our mission for nutrition.
5: Now more than ever, it is important to have a healthy immune system. Many health professionals agree that probiotics are a leading natural therapy for boosting immune health.
2: broaden your
5: horizons you'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on alternative talk 1150
2: hey welcome back you are listening to conscious talk and hey today we're we're plumbing the depths of those depths that need to be plumbed (laughs) you know we talk about that internal landscape what's going on there uh, defines what goes on in your uh, outer world and we're talking with Nathaniel Popkin. He wrote a wonderful book, very provocative, it's thought, you know, from a thought provoking uh, point of view, uh, and others. Uh, it's called To Reach the Spring from Complicity to Consciousness in the, in the Age of Eco Crisis. And um, Nathaniel, one of the things we talk about is this whole idea of you know what is reality um, meaning that most of us most of the time are living a false reality it's one that's been handed to us you know by our parents our mentors our ministers whatever our political our, you people. Know, yeah and, and that we've accepted we grow up in so uh, i was thinking you know when reading your book there is this point about relativity. I mean, what, I've often said, gee, what I knew growing up as a kid uh, and the places that I went on this planet and how different it was then, how does someone uh, who is a kid now um, see that reality that no longer exists? I mean, we're talking about something we've grieved and lost, and they've never seen it
3: it's 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 so interesting in, in that regard um because there's de, de, well a few weeks ago uh was this most remarkable article in the new york times magazine um by a journalist about the last two white rhinos on earth mm-hmm. and in in a sense that was this kind of point of view that i was taking in the letter to the imaginary grandchilds it's, it's like well the things that we grew up expecting to be, that we're permanent, immutable, Mm -hmm. parts of life. Oh, Mm -hmm. there are rhinoceroses, Mm -hmm. there are elephants, Mm -hmm. there are gorillas. That is all being undermined by our own behaviors in a way that we can't quite individually control. It's a very frustrating situation to be in. Mm -hmm. And so it's true in a generation or two, I mean, when we talk about the Arctic or the Amazon, what are exactly are people going to understand that we're referring to? Um, right. Both right. of those places are, and the Antarctic as well, are undergoing changes in that are like breaks in reality mm-hmm. yes. from what you, the three of us, assumed of a certain age, as we are assumed, yeah. was the reality of the planet that we inhabit is being. Is fracturing, and I would say, to counter that, because I try to like counter, uh, um, I try to look at both sides of of different notions in this book. To counter that, we might say, well, the idea that anything was immutable or pure at first, and then soiled later, or um, or unchanging is a wrong interpretation of what life on earth has always been it, life on earth has always about been about evolution and adaptation and change and mixing of species. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there was just the article about the the DNA of the platypus and all of its <laughs> it's like it's pretty much a combination of every kind of uh, animal on on the planet, maybe not mm. including insects. But um, so there is this way in which change is normal. Change is something that is the thing that we can always point to and share and say, well, it's always been changing. Mm-hmm. And right. we can also look back across history and see the ways in which human beings have made really measurable changes, either through mass death, like in the bubonic plague or through colonization in of of. Central and South America and North America, of course, um, in, in terms of the decimation of the indigenous people of these places and what actually killing 50 million people in an act of genocide did, it actually <laughs> reduced uh, carbon levels in the atmosphere and restored um, forests um, so we can, we can see these things, the ways in which the earth is always changing on its own and the ways in which we impact that change. I do think there's something interesting about what you say, that is this reality is hard to grasp right now and we're living, we're living in a moment of such differing realities, even though lots of people say through globalization, we now have much more of a shared reality, but actually there's such inequality on earth, Mm -hmm. it's hard to, what do we mean when we say our global human society? What do we Mm -hmm. mean when we say human beings? Because there's so many different experiences of that. Mm -hmm. Um, We think about those of us who live at a complete complete abstraction in our daily lives from from extracting, needing to extract personally from nature, you know, like few of mm-hmm. us actually raise our own food or hunt mm-hmm. our own food, but then there are many who do, and their their sort of moral calculations about all of this are so very very different.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, and and they, by necessity, so yeah. I guess I'm just want to say that reality is constructed, as you very clearly said earlier, and it's complicated. It's changeable.
1: Yes. Very, very, very much so. And I want to throw this in Nathaniel. We don't have a lot of time left, but you know, you brought up the grieving process, which I think is such a necessity to be able to grieve, grieve in your life and give yourself permission to grieve. And I'm actually working with a couple of clients right now, female that we're never allowed to grieve. We're scolded and, and made wrong when they grieved, and they, they can tear up, but they can't even have their own grief. And where I'm going with that is, here's, here's the challenge I see, is so many people have been shut off emotionally that way. They've shut down. How could you be in Auschwitz and do what you did if you feel anything, if you feel anything? Any compassion, if you feel any empathy, if you feel anything, you couldn't have done those things that they did. Well, we are, as a society, are, I feel, very shut down now. And we're not, we're thinking, 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 but we're not feeling deeply, feeling, feeling, getting inside, really feeling, being with our feelings. Do we even know what we're feeling? And are we willing to be with that and discover that and be curious about that and have those feelings? Because until we can actually feel what we're doing, I don't see how we can solve it. And and I don't mean to be negative about it, but I'm, I just feel way too many people are shut down and oblivious and in deep, deep denial.
3: And don't really see it. This is um, one of the things I talked about in the book about modernity. It makes it really easy to, you know, modernity when it's working is it means we can extract resources more efficiently, economically, Mm -hmm. and our machinery works better. We become masters of, say, mining or uh, Damming rivers and we do it with such bloodlessness and this is across society not at the individual level necessarily but we also all each of us become bloodless to it. you know we mm-hmm. we don't respond we don't right. feel We and don't feel i give an example of the book of driving in florida at what i felt was um almost like being in hell uh, on a on a highway where the earth had been smothered and i felt mm. that smothering yeah but in fact that's the very place where most of us live most of the time in yes. this kind in that kind of landscape and we are numb to it yeah. it's been it's so efficient. it's been so efficiently smothered in totality yes. That we can't even feel what it is that's been lost. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So and the grieving thing is a good thing to start with. Yeah. Getting and in touch with your feelings.
2: It, it, it's it, you know one of the things that you mentioned, uh, and uh, there is a derivation in you know a, a restorative justice approach where you work with those kind mm-hmm. of you know, starting with awareness, mm-hmm. you know, and and grieving being part of that process. Well, it, there is so much more in your book, obviously, Nathaniel, we can't talk about, but we would highly encourage people to pick up to reach the spring from complicity to consciousness in the age of eco-crisis. We need to start becoming aware of what is... So that we can take some steps to move in a positive direction.
1: And to learn more about Nathaniel and his book, go to Nathaniel Popkin. And remember, you can purchase the book right off our site. You click on the book title, it'll take you right to Amazon. Nathaniel, thank you. Thank you so much for your heart space and your soul space with this and writing this beautiful book. Really appreciate it. And folks, as always, thank you for being a part of this journey. Have a beautiful day, and we'll see all of you next time right here on Conscious Talk. What does healing mean to you? If you're ready to move forward and heal the whole of you, give us a call at 360-385-1909. That's 360-385-1909.
6: Conscious Talk.